This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Today, we get to feature a very learned man. He's written a book uh, about uh, entrepreneurship, and um, and he's uh, he works in healthcare. He does a great deal of things. He's from Canada, one of our friends up north, and uh, we're going to be talking to him for the entire hour. But uh, before we go there, I got to go talk to Nathan real quick. Haven't seen him in a week. How you doing, buddy? It's been a bit, hasn't it, Kevin? Yes, it has been, and I almost didn't make it today. Oh, really? What did you do? Get stuck in the rain? No, no, my. Uh, <laughs> it um, is raining out I, there just a little bit. It is. I very I spotty, but hey, it's something. It was raining. It was supposed to be eighty-five degrees today. I don't think we're going to make it. Oh, that might. We'll see. Uh, close, <laughs> at least the low eighties. <laughs> well, okay, um, and. Um, I got to tell you, uh, Nathan, this is one of those days where I get to, I'm in pure heaven because I get to do a show with you now. And our guest, Neil Seaman, is a, as, is a, um, is an extraordinary man. And then at three o'clock, um, I get to join the likes of Oprah and Larry King and, and many, many other really interesting, uh, interviewers who had the opportunity to interview James Arthur Ray. That's quite so, a lineup. It really is. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, they both of uh, these gentlemen that we're going to interview today are, are extraordinary human beings and doing some great work. And, uh, and it's just going to be great fun. But the reason I almost didn't make it is I lost power yesterday because they were reconfiguring my power grid and, it, oh. and then, you know, when you know you're having a bad day, when you have two electricians looking at your power box going, well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> did they try turning it off and on again? <laughs> they did. <laughs> and they said, oh, here, let me wiggle this wire. No, that works. And I'll wiggle <laughs> this wire. Just like, it's almost like the bomb need- squad. Whom is it? The yellow, green or red wire? Exactly. So you 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 never know. And finally, um, they had to call in an expert who's been doing this since like 1985. Oh. And he he came in and and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's just this." <laughs> and so it was so, always just that. So he he replaced a part and it works fine. And so I got to I got to be on the air today. So I'm really excited about that. Well, so. it's great to have you and our guest as well. Indeed, indeed. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we go ahead and get started with Neil? Uh, because it's going to take me half hour just to read his bio. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so, and Nathan, it's good to see, you, and I'm sure we'll talk throughout the show. But uh, um, Neil is with us, and uh, uh, Neil, it's Neil Seaman, right? Yeah, you, you uh, Kevin. Hi there. You can go by Seaman, Seaman, like Seaman, Seaman. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> and, and I will tell you, you are your Canadian author, an internet entrepreneur, and mental health advocate. Um, at the University of Toronto, you teach at the Dalai Lama School of Public Health. 
You're a senior fellow at the Institute. This is going to take a while, folks. So just hang on. Uh, Institute of Health Policy Management and Evaluation, the field of Institute for Research and Mathematical Sciences, the Massey College and the Investigative, Investigative uh, Journalism Bureau. He's also a graduate of law school. Um, he's on several um, editorial boards. He writes for several publications. Um, and he, he's an, an author of the latest book, which is called Accelerated Minds, Unlocking the Fascinating, Inspiring, and Often, Destru oh, often Destructive Impulses that Drive the Entrepreneurial Brain. Oh, I, we're going to have to talk about that because uh, I know that there are lots of folks these days post-COVID that really are interested in being more of an entrepreneur they're tired of working for somebody they want to strike out on their own and so i recommend getting this book because that will will help you uh, uh get through some of the minefields so uh, but first neil welcome to the show how are you i'm well thank you thank you kevin it's a real pleasure to uh to speak with you and your audience today uh, i think the best way of describing me to cut the bio short is i'm a mutt like I, 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 I'm a hybrid. I, 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 I play both in, in business and in academia, but, uh, I, I, I get great enjoyment, um, as do you, uh, by mixing with just really creative, inspiring minds. I tell you, you are one of them. I got to tell you, and you like school too. You've been yeah, school. You know, I, I think that, the reason I like school so much is because I get inspired by young people embarking on, on new paths, new creative paths. Uh, that being said, uh, my closest friend, uh, he's the oldest doctoral student at, at the university in his late 70s. So, um, you know, th there's a, a wide mix of people that I get to mix with. And it's just people who are questioning norms questioning con conventions. Um, and you see that in academia, but you, you see it uh, predominantly more often in, in the business world, in the startup world in particular. And you're in that world too, Kevin. I mean, you are an entrepreneur. A big part of what my book, Accelerated Minds, is all about is reclaiming that word. It's been defined by Wall Street and Silicon Valley in a very narrow way. Um, but the full breadth of entrepreneurship, in my view, encompasses both nonprofits and for-profits where you have a founder building something of meaning for them, for their community and uh, for for lasting value um, beyond their uh, beyond their life. I couldn't agree more. And that is what I am attempting. That's well. I gotta quit using words like that. Attempting, I am. That's what I am You've doing. Done it. Yeah, you are it. <laughs> I am. That's what I am doing with Positive Talk Radio because I really think that uh, that it's important for all of us to work together and and to take care of each other and to be kind and all of those and all of those things. But uh, sometimes being an entrepreneur. See, I come from a corporate background, so I'm I'm a flailing around entrepreneur. Sometimes I don't get everything done the way that I would like to have it done. Does that make sense? Well, every entrepreneur is a flailing entrepreneur, right? B behind every beautiful business uh, is a lot of a lot of worms. I, I don't know if you read Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Did you ever read it? I have not read it, but I know of it very well. 
Yeah, my favorite character is his roommate, Holden Caulfield's roommate, right? So he he's in it. Holden is always in awe of him because he he goes out on Saturday nights and and all all the girls always admire him. And the thing about his roommate is that he's a mess, but he just looks handsome and charismatic as as soon as he walks out the door. And that that's the way it is with every um, you know six commercially successful business. Uh, but we all know that uh, entrepreneurship is about you know high highs and, and low lows uh, twice in one day, as as Ben Horowitz uh, famously said. And so, what decided you to write the book about about entrepreneurship? I know you work with the brain. Your father was a world renowned uh, brain scientist, I do believe, was he not? Yeah, it was my father, uh, Philip Seaman, who passed away in early 2021. Um, he, he had discovered the, the way in which the dopamine receptors in the brain react to various stimuli um, and the way drugs, uh, antipsychotics, antidepressants, a whole range of drugs work on those, on those receptors and how dopamine works in the brain. And what I was seeing in the world of entrepreneurship is a lot of the same conditions that my dad was talking about in his life uh, life work, um, seeing a lot of um, high rates of depression, suicide, manic depression or bipolar, um, and deep crippling anxiety, uh, three times elevated rates of, of serious addiction. Um, and I, I so I, I was seeing the challenges of, of entrepreneurs not managing their dopamine, um, that, that, that chemical in the brain, um, which can essentially motivate us to do things that we want to do, but also get us into trouble. So I was seeing those same, same things happening. So I wanted to write a book inspired my, by my dad's science, which I you know knew very well because I basically grew up in his lab. And then at the same time, make sense of these these people and i include myself in them people who you know entrepreneurs and a lot of a lot of people don't understand us um and and that's why i i wrote this book and it's been a really empowering journey well i'm glad you did because i'll tell you my my uh, the people around me when i decided to strike out on my own and and start an audio production company they, they said the same thing to me they said now look wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute You've got your district sales manager for a major food company. You've got a nice, comfortable job, a nice salary. Why would you want to screw that up by going and trying to follow your heart and follow your dream and to do something unique? Why would you do that? So some people just don't understand what would motivate a guy like me to do what I did rather than just being comfortable and being in the corporate job nine to five until I retired. Uh, why do you, why do you think there are people that, that will poo poo that number one? And why are there people like me that want to strike out on their own? Yeah. So the first question is easier to answer, Kevin. I mean, um, so for, for many of us, right. Or for most people, entrepreneurship is an economically irrational um, sort of, you know, way in which to uh, accumulate wealth, right? Just that's what they kept saying. The right. 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 How rational are you? 
Right. But that being said, the reason people say that, and they, they've said that to every single entrepreneur, successful or not in history, is that oftentimes the people around you, your loved ones, especially, they're out to protect you, right? Like they're, they're often trying to say in their, in, they're trying to act some, sometimes like in your best interest They're you know, and, and a, a lot of people, um, a, a lot of people also kind of, you know, harbor a, a little bit of, uh, let's just say, you know, kind of, I don't know what the white right word is. It's not schadenfreude, but it's, it's everyone wants to embark on their own. I mean, I, I can't speak for corporate America, but most people I know in corporate Canada want, want, want to do something a little bit different. And, um, and so they, they want to see, they, they, they kind of, they're, Hey, they're a little bit kind of, wow, you're a risk taker. That's kind of what I want to do. That's not you. That's me kind of thing. Or, or anyway, they're projecting is really what I'm saying, or they're protecting. Now your second question, what's going on with people like me, um, is like your, your, your someone who, um, manifests a number of attributes, oftentimes, um, you're open. It's uh, you're, you have an openness to new ideas. Um, there's a lot of misinformation around risk taking and entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs generally like to actually control risk. Like, so they like to take healthy risks. So when you, um, when you don't work for what my grandfather called Yemen, like the man, um, you actually, <laughs> you actually are trying to control risk. You're trying to control your own outcomes. And that, that's what I would say is happening in the new post-COVID environment is that people are looking at this labor market fluctuation. Uh, some people call it the poly crisis events, it, it, events in the world that are, are objectively turmoil. And they're saying, look, I, I want to manifest control over my, my destiny. And this is why we're seeing increasing rates of entrepreneurship, not only among young people, but among people 60 plus, I mean, that, that you know, new immigrants uh, in particular and, and 60 plus individuals. I mean, th this is not gen this is cross generational, this phenomenon. So people are want they want to control their destiny. They want autonomy, empowerment. Um, and, and yeah, they, they want to take that that healthy risk. And sometimes it can be an unhealthy risk if if you don't do your homework and and your real uh, clear about what it is that you want to do. And that can, that can turn into a bad thing. I wanted to ask you before I go there though, I wanted to ask you dopamine, where does that come from? Where do, does it get excreted from? Uh, and what does it do for us? Good and bad. Yeah. So dopamine, Hey, it's a naturally recurring chemical, um, in the brain. It was discovered by Catherine Mont Montague in uh, the late 1950s in a hospital outside London. Uh, but then later it was discovered that it was a neurotransmitter and the, this, and it acted as a receptor essentially. So it's a little, like it's the sign of like a safety, it's a size of about a safety pin relative to um, an aircraft carrier and a really tiny thing in the brain. And so uh, we all have it, um, and the way it's received, it's almost like a key in a lock structure. Um, and, and and what we have these sort of phasic or tonic blasts of dopamine whenever we we seek out reward. Um, and what one person's reward is is different from another person's reward. Um, and we attach salience. What dopamine does 
is it's a chemical that attaches salience to things that are of deep meaning to us. And those, those things often get cemented at very early in life. Um, so if it's what my grandfather called sleep or money, <laughs> right, th th then that gets attached very early in life. Or if it's something um, more, altru more altruistic, like, like benefiting your community, that gets cemented early in life. So it's about meaning and what gives us meaning. Um, so it circulates in the brain. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's not. Um, and the, 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 the theory, right, the theory that I put forward in this book and that is supported by the data is that entrepreneurs in particular, it's a spectrum, um, but entrepreneurs get their highest dopamine blast and release when they first start talking about their new business venture, when they start, like when they first seek it out, and this has been proven um, through the work of, of people like Helen Pushkaraya at Yale University and others, right? Like, and then over time, you keep just, you know, sort of like addiction, you keep seeking that out, you keep seeking that high out. And, um, and of course, no high is as good as that first high. So when things are not kept in check, and there are ways, to keep that dopamine, um, uh, let's just say over reactivity in check. If it's not kept in check, you you can slip and fall into a, a, a really um, negative uh, abyss. So so it can be positive or negative. Oh, that's right. It can spur us to action. Um, it can motivate us to uh, sort of uh, be attracted to a romantic partner. Um, it, it can uh, inflame, you know, our, our motivation to pursue something of meaning, but it needs to be uh, regulated. Um, and this is really what like, so dopamine isn't a problem. Uh, it's something to be managed. And what, you know, what, what happens with psychosis uh, uh, is, is it, it doesn't get managed well. And so it, it we need these drugs uh, that are often referred to as antipsychotics to treat it. Um, but in some, yes, in some people, it, it, it isn't, it isn't managed well, and, and it can lead to all sorts of, uh, all sorts of harms. And, you know, for entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs are actually not motivated by sleet or money, right? Like, I know that's, Ooh, that's so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so strange to hear that. But the reality is most founders are driven to actually create something of lasting value, right? right? And so what I've been seeing and what I write about in my book is, you know, we have these founders who are creating something for the long term. And yet there are pressures in the in the ecosystem, both the investor ecosystem and the social ecosystem that force us toward uh, what I call short-termism, short-term thinking. And that short-term thinking really puts um, both entrepreneurship and innovation uh, at, at harm. And we should all care about this. And the reason we should care about this is because we know entrepreneurship is look, the soul of innovation in, in, in America, in Canada, across the world, according to the OECD and others. And so um, we need to care about the mental health of entrepreneurs, lest, um, uh, you know, our employees suffer, uh, our economy suffer. Um, so, so these are the reasons we need to care about this topic. So, so let me see if I understand, because I'm a little slow. So let me work on this for a sec. And that is, and that is like, 
if you are, as an example, a uh, an athlete, and you have a goal, and you want, win your race, is the feeling, the euphoria that you feel, is that dopamine? Is that a dopamine spike? So, yeah, that in particular, um, uh, maybe a may, maybe a mild dopamine spike. It may like the the actual uh, the, the the desire to seek that reward or, or win that race. That's the dopamine spike, right? And mm-hmm. so the, the actual achievement may may not actually yield any dopamine spike whatsoever. But it's the seeking out of that particular reward. That's that's what gets that's what gets the dopamine triggered. Um, if, if you know what I mean. So at, 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 at yeah. whatever, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm see what I'm trying to understand here is why do, because at the end of, I may be tired. I, 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 you know, I may not have slept well the night before, but every time I get to do an interview, every time I get to talk to someone like you, and by the way, we're talking to Neil Seaman and you can go to neilseaman.com. Um, and you can learn all and I'll learn all about him, his work, the book he has out. You can pick it up at Amazon and everywhere else. So it's Neil Seaman, C or S E E M A N. Um, and you can find out all about him because, I, um, but I'm curious because when I get done with an interview, I may be tired, I may be really uh, ready for a nap, but. I'm energized by talking to people like you, by creating a show, you and I creating a show together. It energizes me. It makes me feel good. It makes, is that, am I actually addicted to, (laughs) I hate to say this, am I addicted to interviewing people? I, I mean, you know, we've had, this is our second conversation, Kevin, and far be it from me to, to diagnose um, (laughs) everything that's going on in your, in your, in your very large brain. What, what I would suggest is you have what many people in entrepreneurship call overactive brain syndrome, um, which, which is great. Like, hey, that's that's the fuel of, of creative ideas. So when when you interact with a fellow mutt, and I suspect that you're a mutt, I'm a mutt. We have a yep. range of of interests based on our conversations. That energizes you. So at some point, maybe in your history or your life you were cemented with the expression, with the feeling that meeting people and talking with people who share your values and your interests um, gives you electric meaning. So um, I don't know necessarily, for example, so a dopamine thesis would suggest that it may not be the actual moment we're having the conversation now, but it may have been the anticipation um, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm of no special import in the world, but I suspect that it was the anticipation of you having this conversation with me that made you made you excited um, inside your brain. I, I I suppose, but it's the act of it's the act of doing it. Well, I, I, let me give you an example. When I, when I was very young, in the early late teens, early twenties, I got I fell into the restaurant business, which I really dearly enjoyed, and I love being a host and and taking people to their table and and I, there was no pressure in that i didn't have to wait on them or anything but i could just take them there and enjoy them and enjoy the conversation and so i have always been that way with people and this is an extension of that um only i get to do it 
like you're in you're in Toronto and I'm in Seattle and we still get to have this dynamic conversation and it's it really is a lot of fun and then later on I get to go to to um, um, Nevada and talk to somebody else so it for me this is this is what drives me and what drives my life and I hope that that doesn't make me um, um, psychotic well Do I need to take a pill yeah you know so part of the purpose of my book is, is to normalize these conditions like psychosis. Uh, and, and I, I think it's a spectrum now. I'm not suggesting that you, you, you have that condition at all, but the, these phenomena like overactive brain syndrome, the, the get, getting what's called a dopaminergic effect when, um, you meet someone and talk with someone who shares your values. I mean, look, it's embedded in the name of your radio show, positive talk radio. I mean, you're speaking with somebody like I, I'm a lover of all entrepreneurs and all great ideas. So we share that value. So it's a positive reinforcement cycle as well. Right. So right. I think both of us are getting charged by by this. I'm very selective in who I interact with uh, now post COVID. I, I think this is a phenomenon that's happening with a lot of people. So I love to surround myself only, in fact, to the extent I can with people who have and manifest positivity. So it, 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 I think it's a self-reinforcement signal. I, 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 I think that being weird is actually normal. Like as entrepreneurs, it's interesting, right? Like I, when I first came out very publicly in a major me medical journal about my own experience and challenges with really crippling anxiety, actually. Um, uh, I, I was quite nervous about it. And then subsequent to that, I had all these entrepreneurs and subsequent to the book coming out, I should say, I have had all these entrepreneurs, some of them are household names, by the way, come to me and say, my goodness, you know, I've got the same thing, or I'm dealing with the same thing. Like, for entrepreneurs, vulnerability in others is often the trait that we admire the most. And yet we're often very unwilling to talk about our own problems because my goodness, to not be seen as a stoic superhero, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, that that's not cool with, uh, you know, the investor community or, 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 or certain, or, or certain other, or other people or, or, and we, we often self-impose this stigma as well, right? Like we have this caricature of an entrepreneur right now um, as this, as the superhero, as this 20 something superhero, um, you know, in a dorm room who's just graduated from Stanford or something like that, 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 that's not reflective of, of the entrepreneurial population that's driving prosperity in North America. Exactly. Well, we all, I think, and you said it earlier, I think most of us would like to be master of our own ship, have our own design, be able to create our own thing and make a living doing what we love to do. Um, some of us can get closer to it than others. And uh, some people are, are just reluctant to do that because it is a bit of a risk to, to become an entrepreneur. And some, some people, because of their families and their situation, they just assume I'm just going to be safe. My father was that way. Um, he ended up working and at a corporate job for 30 years, even though he wanted to be a golf pro. Um, he would have had a great time being a golf pro, but he just didn't feel like that would have been enough for the stereotype that he had imprinted in his brain. That's who I am. And I can't go do that. 
And and so we're going to talk more about that when we come back. We're talking with Neil Seaman, and uh, he's written the book Accelerated Minds, um, Unlocking the Fascinating, Inspiring, and Often Destructive Impulses that Drive the Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur I can't even say it. The Entrepreneurial Brain. If you are an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur wannabe, you're going to want to listen to the or watch the last half of the show because it's um, it's pretty important stuff. And, and he can help you avoid some of the uh, minefield that's out there and that we all face from time to time. So you're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KKNW, 1150 AM. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, but you probably knew that. Or if you didn't know that, this is the first time you've listened to the show. And if that's the case, shame on you where you've been for the last 20 years. And I want to, I want to introduce again our guest for the hour. His name is Neil Seaman. And you can, it's S C S E E M A N. And you can go to neilseaman.com and get all the information about him and his current book, which is Accelerated Minds, Unlocking the Fascinating, Inspiring, and Often Destructive Impulses that Drive the Entrepreneurial Brain. Now, Neil, you heard one of the commercials, which is a new term that is out there that we are um, advocating. It's called socialpreneurism. Have you heard of that? Uh, Kevin, no, I haven't heard that that particular expression i've heard there's a, a range of uh let's say competitor expressions that are kind of similar like 
conscious capitalism, social impact. Um, I'm even hearing uh, regenerative capitalism uh, these days. So um, I, I don't I, I, I don't know if it's perfectly aligned. Um, I, I, I've used the phrase kinder capitalism, but one thing that they all seem to share in common is this concept of long-termism, like just long-term growth and uh, a sensitivity to your stakeholders and your community that goes beyond um, just the narrow conception of, of, of profit, right? So like that, that, and not to suggest that profit isn't a good thing, but just that, th those, those, those seem to be the ideas that a lot of these new concepts share that are really taking off. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is, um, you know, profit can be viewed as a, as a dirty word, but if you don't have a profitable company, then you won't be around long. So if you are trying to be around long and to make a statement, to create a legacy and to create something that'll be lasting long-term profit can't be a dirty word because it is a necessary component of you getting to where you want to be. Would that be true, sir? Yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs, um, Steve Jobs was imperfect, uh, like all entrepreneurs. As we all are. But, you know, he had the best definition of entrepreneurship or the one one of them that I quite like, which is that, hey, it, it, what, what entrepreneurs want to do is they want to put a dent in the universe, right? And um, so they want it to be lasting. Um, but if, if they want um, that, that dent not to be sort of crooked and, 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 uh, and spindly out of control, then it's going to have to survive. Um, so at the end of the day, business is sort of the art of survival as well. Um, and, and so, yeah, you, you, you need that, you need that, you need that profit um, as one of your, you know, key drivers. Well, yeah, because I was, I told you I was in the restaurant business. Every restaurant business that I used to work for as either an employee or a general manager no longer exists today because it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard way to make a living. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like uh, it, it's, it, there are many, many industries um, that, that, that have gone through um, turmoil. Right. And, I mean, I was talking with a professional photographer who teaches photography the other day and he's explaining to me that there was, there was a time not long ago where you could uh, a magazine cover, right. You could shoot that and it would be $10,000. Now you're lucky if you get $150, uh, right. For some, something like that. Um, and yet still he teaches photography and, and his students aspire to be professional photographers. Um, that being said, um, there, there's always a way to make it work. And I, I, I sort of, I, I look at industries like restaurants, for example, or books, um, or even like in media, like industries that some people think are in kind of the throes of, of disaster and stuff. And I actually see them as opportunity sets. Like I, I see them, you know, oftentimes as, 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 as like people want to connect, right. They, they want to eat. They, they want, they want to share. I mean, we've learned that about ourselves more so than ever in the last few years. Um, and so what, what kind of model can work? Um, and so what I, one of the beauties of entrepreneurship is kind of hacking the sales and profit model um, and mapping it to um, a solution that we know we want. So maybe the, 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 the vehicle of delivery of the traditional restaurant is changing, 
but the demand and need for a restaurant. So I always find industries in, in turmoil very uh, interesting to me. Well, you know, you are correct, sir, because um, I'm not going to use the name of the restaurants, but I will tell you that at one time they had like 90 of them uh, mm-hmm. throughout the Northwest and, and uh, the Midwest. And the business decisions that were made, well, first of all, the owner got very, very lucky and he was at the right spot at the right time where the ability for him to create that, the model he created, he could do inexpensively because at that time fish was very inexpensive and um, especially white fish and you could make fish and chips and that kind of thing. But his business decisions were made at three o'clock in the morning over a bottle of scotch. Now that's probably not, if I were to create a business model a, a, a bottle of scotch at three o'clock in the morning making decisions that will affect hundreds or if not thousands of people probably isn't the best way to go about things. Um, and that's in your book, you talk about um, the often destructive impulses is it. That's one of those, isn't it? Is, is making decisions with a bottle of scotch at three o'clock in the morning. Well, for me, it certainly would be. Um, for me, that would impair me for more than just the next day. Um, I, I was habituated to, I think, a three-day hangover with two glasses of wine. Um, so everyone's a little bit different, and they can manage that differently. Um, it, so, so it, it and alcohol specifically, of course, can lend itself to all sorts of problems if not managed uh, appropriately. But I mean, your point more fundamentally is, um, you know, a lot, maybe most of entrepreneurial success is about fortune, randomness, and good timing. Um, the art is long. Uh, the occasion instant. Um, it, it was either Twain or Shakespeare that said that, right? So um, I'm betting on Shakespeare there. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, um, you know, the idea being that you need to, like an entrepreneur, your brain needs to be open to the opportunity. You need to think long term. And yet when you need to act, you need to act instantly. One of the things about the last few years, in particular, the last year where we've seen these these wild interest rate fluctuations is I think a lot of people have started to recognize just how fragile um, certain industries and certain businesses that we used to think of as solid um, are. And, and that I think is actually a healthy thing for new entrepreneurs because um, it, it, it just makes them pay a little more caution to that business plan um, makes them be more sensitive to a variety of variables that can go go awry. You know, one of these days I'm going to make create a um, a game, and it'll be a kind of a card game, kind of like uh, a Pictionary or something. And it'll be n- name the number of businesses that have started up and gone out of business in my lifetime. Um, and I there are many. And when when you start to think about it, I. I was doing a show the other day, and uh, I said to the the gentleman that was on, and he was quite a bit younger than me, I said, do you remember Photomat? Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, like businesses are like rock bands. Like, you know, I I really feel that, 
you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is how Neil Young, Neil Young's a great Canadian uh, rock star, uh, he is, he you is. know, Canadian American, it's a long story <laughs> uh, with his life. But, you know, he, 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 he uh, has seven patents on a like toy train company called Lionel and he, he's like consummate serial entrepreneur um, in and out of bands, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, hey, rock bands. I mean, I, that I always love, right? You're 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 speaking with a younger generation, and you mention a sort of a world famous rock band. I don't know, Devo, <laughs> or, or 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 uh, you know, Van Halen. And what are you talking about? Um, they know about Nirvana, which is interesting. But yeah, I mean, it, it's um, like you know, my old like my old Latin teacher used to say, "Tempus really does fugit," right? Time flies, and um, we 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 have um, we often just 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 forget the temporariness of, of 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 important things. Is is that why some of us pursue entrepreneurship because we want more permanency of our legacy? We would like to live beyond our beyond our personal lifespan, and to leave something behind that. It, can positively affect the planet. Wow, Kevin, you're you're the first person to ask me that question. I think it's just such an important, brilliant question. So the answer is yes, for a certain type of entrepreneur, the entrepreneur that I call the values-based entrepreneur. So the values-based entrepreneur, um, uh, and based on what I know about you, you're one of them, um, does want to continue and leave a legacy. I have a, a, a friend and colleague who's um, in, in the education business. Uh, he gave a talk called uh, about how his exit plan is death. Um, you know, it's continuity, right? Like it's actually a word that I want to expunge from my vocabulary, exit, right? You know, like <laughs> it's like, okay, it's all about the exit. Well, no, it's not about the exit. It's about the legacy right? It's about the continuity. It's about the survival. It's about the ecosystem. We're building businesses to last. And this is basic stuff, right? Like the, the, the whole concept of entrepreneurial businesses just, you know, lasting a few years in order to reap a quick reward. That's a relatively recent phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I have my reasons and speculations as to why, but no, I mean, historically, it was about building businesses to last beyond our lifetime. So, yes, I agree with you, especially for people who are building businesses um, uh, for 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 certain values of their of their own in their community. Yeah, because you, you mentioned it, uh, rock bands, um, even even famous people. Um, when you when you get past a certain number of years, I asked I asked some young people, do you remember Bob Hope? No. Mm. Do you remember Bing Crosby? No. Do you remember uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr.? Who? Uh, you know, all these people are still fresh in my mind because I saw them. But after they're gone and their movies get put in the back of the of the shelf, then and I think for some of us that really bothers us that that we will cease to exist here on the planet and if our legacy also ceases to exist we haven't accomplished anything we've just been a flash in the pan as it were does it i mean that's i know that sounds like i i should be maybe i i don't know uh, um committed but <laughs> that i would like i would like to leave something lasting um that that people can reflect on and even if it's just a uh, a thing of its time 
you know, like this interview that in 20 years will be, well, look at what they were talking about 20 years ago. Um, but it still has value. Does that make sense? Yeah, indeed. There, well, there was a time when this interview, there are two copies of this interview would have been stored in the Library of Congress for perpetuity. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they have space for all the content that's being created every microsecond. But no, no in you know, in my faith, we we have an expression when someone passes away, may his or her memory be blessing, right? So the memory continues, and 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 life, uh, life, life, life continues. Um, for entrepreneurs in particular, there's a desire to have a market test of longevity, right? So you, you there's a lot of ways, uh, of course, to leave a lasting impression, right? Or, or a lasting mark on the world, um, in, in, including obviously through, through family, through good social work, community work, charity um, is a way. Um, the but I, I I love the entrepreneurial way. The entrepreneurial way, and you know, it, it leaves that that community uh, impact, but it also has passed a market test of meaning. Um, and 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 you know, when when this the, should the seed die, you know, should the seed of the business die, it gives birth to another business, right? Another idea, yeah. right? Like they're all connected. Um, Entrepreneurs, I say, you know, sometimes they're mutts. I dare say both you and I are mutts. Um, sometimes they're mappers, right? Um, or a bit of both. Like they, they map ideas from one area to another. Um, and, and that's often the, the seed of, of great, great um, uh, entrepreneurship um, uh, in, in the people in the people I've known. If you were, by the way, again, we're talking with Neil Seaman, S-E-E-M-A-N.com, Neil Seaman.com. Go there, find out all about him. You can get Accelerated Minds, Unlocking the Fascinating, Inspiring, and Often Destructive Impulses that Drive the Entrepreneurial Brain. I want to. I want to ask you if, since you've done you've done all this work with this, would you recommend if somebody is contemplating being an entrepreneur and really stepping out of their comfort zone and doing something unique? Can you give them some some idea of or some ideas on how best to do it so that they don't fall into the trap of uh, destructive behavior? Yeah, for, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, on, 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 on the first side, I always like to encourage people to explore a path of, of entrepreneurship, right? So um, there's comfort on one side and then there's growth on the other, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, um, you can be comfortable and then and just not not grow right so it's so a growing as a human being i think it, it is about taking re, leaps and oftentimes leaning in to risk and even leaning into failure because uh, it's only from failure that you can grow so um i encourage entrepreneurship uh, but i encourage healthy entrepreneurship which is about uh, taking measured steps taking realistic steps um you know i'm not uh, the, you, know, you know there was this time when uh, the the, the that people talked about the BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Well, I'm all in favor of, you know, meaningful, slow, periodic strategy. Um, that that's important. Now, what kind of strategies can you use? So, um, uh, the, we know that the brain is um, uh, neuroplastic. That it, that that it that it it it, it can modulate itself, right? And um, when 
um, you are when, when your dopamine is dysregulated, you need a, a group of people around you who can guide you and say, hey, you know, Kevin, yeah, you, you know, the, the focus your eyes on the prize. You're going off here. So a big part of the solution involves surrounding yourself. I call it with a phalanx of people who share your values. Um, that could be a co-founder. That could be a community of friends. It could be people you only see because they're 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 founders, but from different for, from different businesses. Yes, there are other things you can do. You know, Silicon Valley likes to talk about ice baths. Interesting. Um, you know, it's a kind of way of of slowing down and 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 hacking your brain um, to to think uh, slower. But though you know those kinds of things are hacks. I mean, the the more effective tools that I've found are, are journaling values based entrepreneurs as a group, we tend to um, take uh, disappointment and failure very personally, despite us knowing rationally that so much of, of commercial success can be random or, or, or fluctuating depending on certain things beyond our control. We often take these failures very personally. Um, and, and this can be a problem because it can, it can send us uh, into a paroxysm of despair. So how do you not take things personally? One solution that is very effective is journaling, um, you know, writing down every day your accomplishments um, and, and your efforts and your worst case fears and what actually happened. Um, so these are some of the techniques that have, that have, that have proven valuable for, for many entrepreneurs. Now, when you say when you said ice bath, are you meaning uh, like an uh, ice bath where you take a bunch of ice, you put it into a bathtub, you put a little bit of water in there, and then you get into the ice? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like by, you know polar swims or or what bo I used to amateur box. This is what boxers like to do to train. They they would sometimes they turn the the the, the water from extreme hot to uh, extreme cold every, every thirty seconds. Um, I don't know, it, like I, I don't actually know the mechanics of how that works to train your muscles, but it certainly shocks you into thinking differently. There's a famous episode of Seinfeld. I don't know. Do you watch Seinfeld? Oh yeah, I love Seinfeld. Okay, so yeah, remember there's this there's this um, show, The Opposite, where George Costanza decides to do the opposite of what he's inclined to do. Right, he orders the opposite sandwich. He instead of sitting back, he actually goes up to the woman at the bar stool and introduces himself as an unemployed uh, as an unemployed man living with his parents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that yield success and and actually sometimes during the doing the opposite um it can be uh you know something just taking risks right that that are a little bit different than what you're inclined to do that can be something that sets your just basically reorients you away from that downward spiral of thinking um and that's what you need you need to be aware different things work for different people and there's another entrepreneur i spoke with who forces herself to laugh 15 minutes a day and the mere act of laughing, like it's just like laughing, like forcing yourself to laugh. That can have a neuromodulation effect, which is very positive and very powerful. Neuromodulation. What is that? Describe that again for me. So it's a way, a natural, uh, there, there are, there are invasive uh, surgical techniques to do this for people who um, suffer from major extreme depression and other conditions, but um, for they, essentially they're not generally non-medical ways, non-medical ways like ice baths, like doing the opposite, uh, like journaling, non-medical ways, non-invasive ways of, of modulating or keeping in balance the dopamine 
uh, flux inside your brain um, and just keeping you at calm. Uh, what a lot of uh, Buddhism talks about being in the moment. Ah, and so meditation would be another one. Another meditation thing. would definitely be another one. Meditation, breathing exercises. Or uh, yoga, if you can still bend that way. Yoga, if you can still bend that way. <laughs> That's right. I've always thought there should be an opportunity set for yoga for people who can't bend that way. Yeah, it'd be unbendable yoga practices or something like that. There we you go. We just got a business plan. We just need to slap on AI, and then we could raise like 10 million bucks. <laughs> and yeah now they uh, that's right now they've got um they've got what's called hot yoga are you familiar with that oh yeah hot yoga is big i mean and the 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 the, the just the, from a uh, from a health management perspective it, it's fan, it's fantastic oh have you done that no i haven't done <laughs> i just read the research on it and i have friends who do it um so no i have not embarked on that on particular journey well, someday, perhaps, I'll tell you what, if I'll do hot yoga, if you'll do the ice bath. No, I'm all in on the ice bath. I have no hesitation oh, yeah. to do the ice bath. So. <laughs> that, I, can, I can think of a lot of things. That would, to me, would be like um, of a, a torture thing to, to go into ice like that. But that's Oh, just... I I interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm, but, I'm with you. I mean, let's, let's do it. Um, yeah. I'll go to Seattle. You come to Toronto. We'll figure it out. Exactly. Or, or we'll just pretend and then we'll call it good. Uh, so, but by the way, we, we've been talking with Neil Seaman. Go to his website, which is neilseaman.com. That's S E E M A N.com. Get his book, Accelerated Minds. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to know all the things that can go right and wrong, and this can give you some guidance. We've got just about a minute, on Neil, and I would like to step aside and let you tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Thank you, Kevin. First of all, I'd just like to thank you. I mean, you're just a, a, a tremendous man. You, you know, you've accomplished a great deal. I'm really um, honored and proud to be sharing these words uh, with you. Um, I think I'm just going to say one thing. I mean, um, despite all the turmoil in the world, it still is a beautiful, beautiful world, right? I mean, um, so, and, and I, entrepreneurship, the essence of entrepreneurship is, is to um, always recognize that um, and, and, to, um, and, and to aspire uh, to, 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 to live that beauty and model that beauty. So that's what I'd say. And I'd love to just thank your, thank your listeners. It's been a great hour discussion. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And, and I'll tell you one of the major reasons why I want to be an entrepreneur is because I see how some people are treated in the workplace. And I would like to have a group of people that work with me. And I think you can ask the folks that do work with me and they will tell you that uh, they enjoy it immensely because we don't have the downsides and all the other crap that a lot of people put up with and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that binds all entrepreneurship is we hate bullies. Entrepreneurs oh, fight bullies. Right. Boy, and no that's, like, that's like the mantra. Boy, no kidding. And not only do we hate bullies, by the way, Neil Seaman has been our guest. Go to his website, neilseaman.com. And we hate bullies because be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you at 3 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>